Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, we never want to stop giving you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, for you are a God of miracles. And Lord, we give you thanks, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Been delightful to hear some of the testimonies that have come through about people that have been healed. Please continue to write to us and share those with us. We, we want to be able to put, uh, put them together and be able to also um, uh, share, share them with the world. And so if you do have testimonies about what the Lord has done, if you can uh, be writing to us on the website and let us know, it'd be just so wonderful to be able to celebrate with you and get the whole world also celebrating because, you know, every time we share a testimony, it releases hope to people. And the world le- needs hope. And they, they, they get hope from testimonies. You see, have you ever seen ads Um, that have testimonials on them. I used this face cream and it did this, 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 and this. I did this, I did this diet and this is what happened. This is the before shot, this is the after shot. They do that because people connect with testimony. You know what? If you stand up and start to say, well, I had this disease and now I don't, Here's the before and after doctor's reports. Uh, And this is how it happened. This is what God did. You know what people will do? They'll go to find God because they've heard your testimony. And so testimonies aren't just a good thing. And we have so many of them in our church. We're hearing great reports all the time. Hallelujah. But I never want to become so familiar that we don't maximize the opportunity to give God glory for them. Because as we glorify him, the Bible says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. You know, when we testify, we lift him up and we give him glory and the result is people are drawn to him, hallelujah. So uh, if you can be sharing your testimonies with us, we heard a few on Friday night, but we'd love to hear uh, more of what the Lord's doing because every week in the communion groups, in the services, in the worship, people are getting healed and saved and delivered. And we just want to see more and more and more. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, you are our ever present help in time of need, and our time of need is all the time. So Father, we lean on you, we recognize your help, your delight. We thank you for the privilege of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can freely gather. Thank you, Lord, that we can read the word and have free and open access to it. God, we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd enlighten the eyes of our understanding and the knowledge of you. God, we wanna know you more and more. Father, I ask that you'd help us. I give you glory. You who is the lifter of our heads. God, let us us see you in a fresh way. Lord, I ask supernatural revelation by the power of your Holy Spirit in the knowledge of you that our hearts would be enlightened, woken up to see afresh the truth of who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Well, if you want to turn with me to the book of James, we're going to start reading there today. 
And um, you can read it in many different translations. I'm just going to share this first passage from the Passion Translation today. It says this. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church since you know who we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. We all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we're able to bridle the words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guard their large, guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships, though they're massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And if the tongue is a fire, it can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. It can corrupt the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans, but the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God, our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who is made in his very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brother and sister, this should never be. Would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow out of the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. I used to read this passage and get really condemned because I'd think, well, there it goes, that proves it. I have said some things that are not pure. I have, yes, occasionally said some things that are not totally good. Yes, it's happened. In fact, it was a rather regular occurrence because I like to use words. And so I would look at this passage and go, oh, well, it says that if bitter water's coming out of my mouth, then, then it shouldn't be able to happen. That must mean there's something wrong on the inside of me. And I would get discouraged and think, well, there you go. Or I'd read it and say, well, the Bible says that no one can tame it, so it's not my fault. <laughs> Both interpretations, though, I would put to you are actually incorrect. I'd like to suggest that perhaps this scripture isn't saying either of those things, but is putting to you two things, the power of your words, and also the reality that you as new creations in Christ have power not to be controlled as we once were by something that seems incontrollable, but you now have the Spirit of God which will cause out of your belly to flow rivers of living water, springs of pure water. The Bible says it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, that you have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah, that as he is, First John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. He doesn't speak uncorrupt words. 
I mean, corrupt words. He is, he is perfect, he's pure. He speaks nothing that's corrupted. And so as he is, so am I. That's the truth about me. And the more I think about and remember the truth about me, the more I will manifest that reality. The Bible says, as we know, in the book of James chapter one, he says that if any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who's looked at his natural face in the mirror and then walked away and forgotten what he looks like. So in other words, if you aren't doing the works of Christ, if you aren't speaking like he speaks all the time, it's not because there's something bitter and bad on the inside of you, it's because you've forgotten the truth about your actual identity. You've forgotten the truth of what you really look like. So if you're spewing out unkind words or, or faithless words, God isn't there thinking, well, I thought that they were born again, but obviously they didn't really mean it. God isn't up in his hands and saying, oh no. But he, he wants us, he is working to convince and convict you of the truth of your identity in him. He wants to be your glory and the lifter of your head because if he can lift up your head, you'll see his face. And if you see his face, you'll remember that his face is your mirror. And when you look at him, you see no imperfection. When you look at him, you remember God is love. Love is defined for us in the Bible as patient and kind, long-suffering, it keeps no record of wrongs. Therefore, that's who he is, he is love. He is kindness personified, he is my mirror. He is the one that I behold with an unveiled face as in a mirror. He is the one that, that says it's no longer you, Catherine, who lives, but Christ who lives in you. You now have the very heart, the nature, the, the, the very essence of Christ living on the inside of you because he has given you a new nature. He's taken away your iniquity, all of your crookedness, and he has made you clean, as righteous as God. And as you remember this reality, you again receive uh, hope and faith to begin to operate with control and with, with the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control, which is what helps us with our tongue. But I wanna have a little look at this passage. It says here um, in verse three, horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. Emily and I took up, um, went and had a, our first horse riding lesson this week. Now I do know how to ride a horse. I grew up um, riding horses, but never actually had a professional lesson. And they put me on a 16-hand horse. That's, anyone who knows about horses, this is a very big horse. And um, were teaching me about, uh, Emily and I, were they, were, they were teaching us about our leg aids. And you know, I can make that huge horse move with just a little finger movement. And the father says, because you know, horses have bridles. You can move these huge creatures just with the littlest movement. The right leg movement, try not to fall off at the same time. But you know what? 
God tells us that he doesn't want to be like horses that are guided by bits and bridles, but he wants us to be guided by his eye. He doesn't want to control us. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to punish us every time we do the wrong thing. He doesn't want to smack us. They gave me a little whip too, so if, if Chester wasn't listening to what I was saying, I could give him a little tap on the shoulder. But he says, I don't want you to be guided by a bit and a bridle. I want you to be guided by my eye. That is, be so in tune with me that you just know where I'm going to go. Like a bride and a bridegroom that have become accustomed to dancing together, hallelujah. But God says that our tongue is like this bridle. If you get that right, everything else will go in the right direction. You can't ride a horse without, effectively, you certainly can't do dressage, without a bridle. And maybe a martingale if you need it. But you, you, need to have, you need to have a bridle in the horse's mouth to guide it. So we need the tongue to be so submitted to the Father because what we speak controls what happens in our world. The Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, verse 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's very easy to underestimate the power of our words. If we understood that it, it, it has the power to move your whole life, then we'd be more careful about what we say. Say you're in a, um, you're having a, an, uh, a disagreement or you're getting irritated or annoyed with somebody. Say it's your spouse and you're, you're feeling a bit frustrated. In that moment, you have the power to either bring destruction to your relationship or you can bring healing and revival. The words that we speak need to be carefully chosen so that we are creating our world with our words. The Bible says that God created the world with his words. Light, be, and it was. God's looking for us to choose our words so carefully when we speak that they are life-giving words because we don't wanna be sowing death and corruption into our world, into our relationships. So what happens when you feel a little bit annoyed with somebody? So say someone at work is really, really starting to annoy you or a family member, something's happening, anybody, got a little bit, it has a bit of a fiery temper here. Yeah? yeah, me too, just a little bit. What happens when you start to feel like, I just really wanna tell him something right now? Well, the Bible, the Bible tells us that now as he is, so are we in this world, that we actually, we are defined as people that out of our mouths comes pure water. So when I am in that moment, instead of blurting 
and saying something that's gonna cause damage. Hallelujah, they want me to use this. Instead of blurting and causing something that's gonna cause damage, I have the opportunity to stop at that moment and, and reach out for the hand of the Holy Spirit who is with me all the time. Say, Holy Spirit, help me remember who I am. I'm as He is. God is love. Love is patient. <sighs> I don't have to try to be patient right now. I actually am. Oh, well, that's good. Pressure's off. Out of my heart will flow patience. Thank you, God. Right now, though I'm feeling pretty annoyed at that. Father, I thank you that I forgive debts because that's what you do. Lord, I forgive like you forgave. You, forg you said, forgive your debtors because you've forgiven all our debts. So any expectation I have about them that they should be doing this, that they owe me this, they should, I can forgive that and release it and I can release love and kindness to them. You might think, well, they need to be, they, they're supposed to be respectful of me. If you're, if you're at work and someone's giving you a hard time and they're treating you disrespectfully, instead of, getting all upset that they're not, they're not giving you what you deserve, which is just decency, respect, and you know, you're supposed to not do that. That's a debt that they owe you that you have an opportunity to forgive. How wonderful is that? You know, I had, I had to learn this in my early, early years when my kids were really little. I expected, I, have, I had my mother and my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, she's a Finnish grandma and she loves children. So she's always got, all, she'd have all the grandkids and she'd make the risipuru and, and feed the kids and you know, just look after them so wonderfully. And she had tons of grandkids. And my mom was just not wired that way. She just doesn't really cook very much and she just didn't enjoy looking after kids. And in my head, I'm like, you, you should be like that. And, and in my head, I built up, you owe me to be like I expect you to be. And so I'd have this continual frustration, that you're not who I'm expecting you to be, until God one day said to me, you need to forgive her the debt that you think she owes you. And I had to realize, hey, she doesn't have to be she doesn't have to be that person. She's wonderful the way she is. And I can release her from my expectations because I can see that as a debt I feel she owes me. So I forgive my debtors because that's who I am. Because that's who Jesus is. Hallelujah. So I, it, be, it began me uh, taking me on a journey that every time I would feel offended with somebody, I'd think, hang on, do I feel like they owe me a debt? Oh, I, I know who I am. I remember I have power to forgive debts. <sighs> Hooray, that's exciting. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'll forgive them because I have to, because I'm a Christian, by seeing it as a debt that I can actually let go of, I had, I had power and faith to realize every debt that I let go of, God has double recompense for me in that very area, hallelujah. And God wants us to live free from this, the idea that we need to try and punish people with our words. But God also wants to take our words and He wants to use them creatively. He wants to use them powerfully, hallelujah. 
Now he's looking for people to begin to decree and declare the truth. There's Proverbs 12, 18 says, there's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Ephesians 4 tells us, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The Bible's so wonderful. It tells you exactly what you are created to do. You are created to give grace to everybody you speak to, that every word that you speak would impart grace, would be edifying, would be pure, would be uh, magnificently full of the love of Christ. That your words would be kind, they would be patient, they would be wise. They wouldn't be tarnished with an offense because you forgive your debtors, hallelujah. They would be words that would flow out of, not out of need, fishing for some affirmation, but out of a place where I've already just today received all the affirmation I could ever want or hope for by my Father who in his secret place fills my cup, hallelujah. The heart of God is for us to learn what it looks like to really grab these words and begin to, to use them with faith. Now God tells us that um, he wants us to live in the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He wants us to live in this place where thank you God, I'm every day reminding myself I'm righteous. What does righteousness look like? as righteous as God, without stain, without spot, hallelujah. I'm not defined by my performance, I'm defined by Christ's performance. Thank you God, today you're better than I feel like I deserve. Hooray, today I am the just who lives by faith, I am not the woman who walks by her feelings. I am the righteous who lives by faith. So today I have faith in the reality that I'm righteous even if I don't feel like I am, hallelujah. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What I make myself fully aware of continually is what I will manifest in my life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you set your heart on is so important. You might be in pain, deeply desiring something good, something that you're longing for and feeling frustration about it. If you just leave it in that place and out of your mouth, eventually when you are talking to people will come that frustration. And if you're not careful, you can use your words to actually go in the opposite direction of where you wanna head. So let's say that you're just really frustrated with your financial situation right now. And you've been, rest, you've been asking God for help, you're thinking about it, it's really on your mind. And then you sit down and you have a coffee with a friend and they say, how are you doing? And oh, I just, I, I, I've got, I desperately need this situation resolved. I'm so concerned about this. And it's not that we shouldn't share our burdens with each other. But if we're not careful, we can start to say things like, I don't see how it's ever gonna turn around. I, I'm gonna have to do this and this is gonna happen and what's gonna happen then? And, and before you know it, you've actually started to curse yourself. Out of, the, out of your mouth, you can bring life or you can bring death. And so we've gotta be really careful. This is why peace is more important than we understand. 
You see, if you learn how to unpack with God, like I've been talking about, casting your cares on Him, being anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, making your requests known to God, then the peace of God will rule and reign in your heart. And when peace is ruling and reigning in your heart, you won't be compelled out of your mouth to blurt out things that are negative and are bringing death. They are a symptom of something that's going on in your heart, and that is a lack of peace. Peace comes when you unpack all your anxieties with the Lord, hallelujah, like I do with communion, take the bread and unpack the worries. Lord, I thank you that you surely you bore my sorrows. So I've been feeling pain about this. I'm sad about that. Help me with that. I thank you that you're my comforter. And I, I rejoice and thank you, Lord, for comfort and healing in that area. And I put the worry, I put the concern on your body. Hallelujah. It's no longer mine, it's yours. Hallelujah. And as I unpack with the Lord, the Bible says, the peace of God will rule and reign in my heart. Hallelujah. So when I have a conversation with you, instead of all this negativity, you're gonna be hearing peace. You're gonna hear words that will bring edification and comfort and impart grace to the hearers, hallelujah. The invitation of the gospel is so rich that you could mine it forever. But God is waiting for us to apply it and respond to it because when we do, the fruit of what comes from using the Word of God to our advantage and to His glory is that we will live life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. There's actually nothing that, uh, that is, is for your good and for your for your joy that God doesn't want to bring into your life if you will trust Him, if you will ask. We have not because we ask not. But very often we resort to moaning and complaining more than asking and declaring. It's very easy to fall into that trap. Even in your own self-talk, that counts too. Because what you're dwelling on is what will eventually come out of your mouth and either bring life or death. So if you've got the real going on in your own self-talk in your head, I really don't like that person, they're like this, they're always like that there. And you, you can convince yourself after a while with your, your self-talk, they're always like that, they never do that. And your judgment about that person will inevitably come out in your words and cause them to put up a wall that will cause greater division and it'll just get worse and worse and worse and they will behave towards you like the very person you are believing them to be. If instead you start behaving like God and call those things that be not as though they are, when you're at home on your bed and thinking about, oh, I really don't like the way that person treats me, instead of engaging in that thought, you can begin to turn it around and say, thank you, God, I'm like you. So Father, what's your desire for them? All right, I'm gonna start calling those things that be not as though they are. That person is so easy to work with. I get so much joy working with them, hallelujah. And as you begin to declare these things, you, there is power in your words, hallelujah. God wants to shift situations. If you're believing for a, a child and you're saying, oh, you know, my son, my daughter, I've got beautiful children, hallelujah. <laughs> but imagine you say, oh, they, they're so lazy, they've got no motivation. 
that is a curse that you're speaking out of your mouth. Is that what you want? No, that's what you're complaining about. But your tongue is like a tiny rudder. It's like a, a bridle in a horse's mouth. It is actually steering the situation in the, in the very direction you don't want it to go. Instead, instead of saying, well, they just, they got, I mean, and you might feel justified. I'm talking with my friends. They understand me. <sighs> that child. They never do their chores. That's so self-centered. It's just so frustrating. And your friends go, yeah, oh, that's horrible. I'll pray for you. Instead, why not not go in that direction and instead cast the thoughts on God, cast the cares on Him, Father, Tonight, I'm lifting up my child. Lord, I pray that you'd help them. Father, I thank you. Yes, God, you who began a good work of them, you're carrying it through to completion. I'm concerned about this. Talk about it privately with him. But Father, I thank you. You're gonna take care of it. And then let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. And when you talk to your friends and they say, how's that one doing? You can say, they are so full of the love of God. They are going so well. They are they're, they're so helpful around the house. The other day, they did this. And you'll find things to begin to speak life, begin to speak truth. Because if you believe the word that says that your tongue is gonna take you in the direction that you are speaking, then you will be very careful not to reinforce what you don't want to happen in your own life. What do you want to see happen? Are you complaining about your spouse? Well, my spouse. They, they never take the rubbish out. That's not true. My husband is very good at doing that. If he happens to be away and it's been night, we may not remember to do that. But he's very good at doing that. But you might be saying that. Oh, they never do that. Or they, oh, they never buy me flowers. That's not true either, he does. But if you say that, guess what? They're not coming. You're not gonna turn up with a whole, bunch, a whole bunch more of that in your life, but if instead you turn it around and say, my spouse is so romantic. My spouse is so good with money. My spouse is so, you begin to speak, to, speak about them like that. Then when you interact with them, they are going to, feel and sense what you really believe about them because you're speaking it in faith. You're seeing it and you're saying it and they are going to hear and the, the words that you speak are creating. You know, I, I believe it's so, so powerful and so important that we begin to recognise the power that we have inside our mouths. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The power of life is in your mouth. You have power today to begin to change your direction with your words. I, you know, we're trying to do these circles and serpentines with the horses. If I don't pull the, the, the reins in the right direction, then we're not gonna go that way. In the same way, if I don't let my words line up with the truth of where God wants us to go, then I'm going to head further down a track that I don't want to be on. What's a circumstance in your life today that you want to see God intervene in? 
You know, I really believe the Holy Spirit is giving us an invitation. Are you having some issues in your, um, in your business? Begin to pull out the words that you speak and begin to think, okay, God, how can I call those things that be not as though they are? Thank you, Lord. I've got uh, customers are calling me today. And, and, and speak it out, declare it. Be those things that be not as though they are. My, my customers pay their bills on time all the time. Hallelujah. You can begin to speak it out that people are hearing about my business and they are just walking in off the street because people are talking about it. There's talk going all over the town about my business and God, is His favour surrounds me as with a shield. Hallelujah. God's will is that I will prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. So I'm very prosperous. Hallelujah. Or if you are, you're struggling in your health, instead of talking about, oh, I feel so terrible, so terrible, I'm so sick, I'm sick and tired, I'm tired of this, I can't get out of bed, I feel like this, I got so many aches, I got so many. Instead, if you start saying, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, I'm the healed of the Lord, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm well, I'm blessed, I have strong bones, healthy muscles, I have bright eyes, and I'm whatever it might be, begin to declare those things that be not as though they are and you will begin to head in the direction that you are declaring. You know, this isn't just some positive self-talk. This is the Bible. This is God's idea. And a lot, of, a lot of people have picked it up and tried to do it without him in the center of it. But I can tell you, you can't have faith in someone you don't know. When you know your God and you start to apply His Word in your world, then you aren't doing it out of some religious ritual. You are cooperating as one with the most powerful person that there is, that is the God of the universe. And you together are creating with the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Your words aren't just positive affirmations. They are spirit and they are life. When you speak, the enemy trembles. Don't let him rejoice over what you say. When you're speaking about your government, don't be negative unless you want more negativity. When you're speaking about your church, speak words about our church is so delightful. People are so friendly. It's growing every week. We have our own building, hallelujah, with no stairs. And it's easy to park at our church, hallelujah. It's so easy to get a park. I just drive in everywhere and just get a park. You know, calling those things that be not as though they are. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Bless you, bless you, bless you. But when you start speaking like that, instead of complaining, oh, I have to walk blocks and blocks and blocks to get to church, so hard, that, it, it is worth it. But it's not worth speaking it. Instead, start calling those things that be not as though they are. Start speaking life because you have power in your tongue. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Lord, this week I'm asking that you'd help us in our church family, in our homes, 
in our work, in our schools and universities. Lord, this week, let us be life givers who impart grace to the hearers. Lord, this week, let us be people who impart grace to our spouses. Let us be people who impart grace to our children. Let us be people who impart grace to our employees and to our employers. Let us be people who impart grace to our customers. Let us be people who impart grace to those that we do and don't know. Let us, God, be so kind to strangers. Lord, let us be uh, and, and remember that we have power power to manifest the kindness of Christ in every word that we speak. Papa, I ask that you'd let the peace of God rule and reign in the hearts of your people today because your delight is that they would live free from fear, free from worry, free from anxiety. Your delight is that they would cast their cares on you because you care for them and that they would walk in perfect peace, that they would walk in the righteousness of God knowing that they are as you are in the earth. And Lord, I ask that they would live in a place of abiding joy, a joyful anticipation of all that you do and living in thanksgiving of knowing, thank you, God, you are for me. Who can be against me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.